was Rampage any good this week? Well, yes. And no. It's still got lots of wrestling tropes, which I've seen many times before, and although the nostalgia is good, we've seen them many times before. First of all, though, let's talk about the acclaimed, because I wanted them to be tag team champs, and it seems it wasn't just me, because they now are tag team champs, and that's great. Max Caster is a premium talent. Anthony Bowens is a fantastic talent. I love the raps. And here, they're in with the Butcher and Blade and the Blade and Private Party, who look to be turning good guys. And actually, it's rather good. Good Bowens, Matt Work. He, um, he comes off the top with a leg drop right to the twig and berries, that sort of area. Butcher and Blade get in to help. I don't know who themselves, I suppose. They foil the silly string. And then you've got a period where Private Party and Butcher and Blade are allowed to fight together, which is good. So they showcase themselves, which is nice. Very high moonsault from Private Party. Very good. There's a senton. As Blade is held with his chest right out from Private Party. That's great. And then Quen is thrown from Blade to Butcher's knee, then into a Dr. Ben. A Dr. Bomb. Should I say, Dr. Ben? Who's he? I, actually, I have got a Dr. Ben. Anyway, the um, there's a mic drop for the acclaim for the pin, but we knew they were going to keep the, um, the title, particularly with National Scissor Day. Oh, whatever they're calling it. I'm not into that, never was, but I'm into the acclaimed. So, that's great. And then after that, we've got the gun club. Sort of like a loser's party. Let's see what, let's show you what you would have won. Have a look at that, and now tell me that you think that The Firm is something special. Even with Stokely Hathaway in your corner. And even with um, Lee Moriarty, who will fight for Wago Del Sol. But first, Jake Cargill... Nyla Rose. Now, I'm interested in that. I'm not interested in Jade Cargill at all, but I'm interested in seeing her taken to her limit, and I think they might already have seen what that limit is by Nyla Rose. Great. Now, Lee Moriarty versus Fuego Del Sol. Fuego Del Sol jobbed out here. This was purely to see the new green-haired, firm, the, the firm person. Not that Lee Moriarty isn't firm, his muscles certainly seem to be, but what I mean is you've got Lee Moriarty, um, an arm capture, low arm capture, suplex, a twisting face planted, a nasty cross face for the tap. William Morris, he came in to choke slam Fuego Del Sol, and it sucks to be Fuego Del Sol at the moment, doesn't it? Because you didn't get the chance to do anything, really, did you? Because we didn't need you to do that, because the main story is Lee Moriarty. Now, Willow Nightingale versus Jamie Hayter. We know who should be the women's champion if it's not Tony Storm. She's in that ring and it's not Willow Nightingale. Although Willow Nightingale's work is fabulous. But Hater is just amazing. Her work is great and she should be the champ. Now this is a fantastic match. But I have to say, yet again, what happened in the middle of it? A commercial break. Now we don't get a commercial break in any other of the matches. And this is, I think, the third week running that we've had a commercial break in one particular kind of match. A women's match. You can put Soraya as the women's GM or bring her back and all that. But if you're going to put a, an ad break and decide where you're going to do it, and it's in the women's match and you do it several weeks running, that tells me something. It may just be coincidence, but that concerns me. 
particularly when this was such a good match. There's a willow cross body, a low cross body, should I say, she does that very well. Huge chops. Hater just puts her down with a big kick. She even stands on her to surfboard her or to skateboard her, as they say on commentary. Uh, uh, then you get your ad break. Yeah, because I, I need to see those ads in the middle of the only women's match on this card. Nasty neck breaker on the knee. Loads of air from Hater when you get back from that commercial break in the middle of the match. Then there's a huge willow pounce. Does it so well. Death Valley driver. Long two. Baker interferes. Yeah. Hater picks her up for a German. Suplex and a short arm lariat for the pin. And it was great work. Even with the commercial break in the middle. It might be the best match of the night. Actually. Then you've got Ryan Nemeth. He still works here. Now he's bad-mouthing Philly. And extremely crappy wrestling. Now. How many times have we heard that before? Can you not have some new ideas? It's a wrestling trope we don't need. Running da- I'm going to run down the city. And why does he have to do that? Because they've painted themselves into a corner with Hook. Now, Hook doesn't speak to people. He's surly. He's, he's one-dimensional, really. He's a sort of wrestling machine. But he's not got any charisma. And he looks like he's... He comes off as... It comes off as just a bit surly and a bit nasty. So what you need is someone who is really bad-mouthing and then you can come out and beat them up. That's what they're going to have to do because they, they've, they're so extreme with his personality and I warned them about this weeks ago that there's not very many places they can go with Hook. And I worry that he won't be achieving what he certainly can. And there come the Trust Busters. I'd forgotten about them. Remember... They were announced a few weeks ago. Sonny Kiss turned heel. Davari, yeah. You've got that Brock Lesnar look-alike and the other one. Can't remember what they're called. That's a feature of the Trust Busters. I can't remember. And I've forgotten they were there. They're going to make a, an offer to Hook. I don't really care what it is. Because we know that Hook is going to say, I don't want that, and then start feuding with them. That doesn't do either of them, any, any, any of them any good. Because no one really cares about the Trust Busters, I suspect. And... Fewer people are caring about Hook. Okay, here's your main event. It's Roosh getting Silver to job out for him. That's basically it. John Silver is a phenomenal talent. He has a great character. He's a smaller guy who could do enormous feats of strength. He's a feel-good champion. You want to look at that, AEW, don't you? Not just job him out here. For the first part of this match... Roosh just smacked him down, mocked him, chopped him over the announce table, hit him with a bin, invited him to chop him. Silver came back with a deadlift German suplex and a nice spine buster. But, you know, Roosh just kicked him to the mush, hit a suplex for a two count. He invited Silver to chop him. Silver chopped him a couple of times. Then he smacked him down to the mat with one punch. Although Silver hit a brain buster, quite a nasty looking one, for a very long two, Jose came onto the apron, Alex Reynolds dealt with that, Andrade then came onto the apron, hit the, they got the distraction, and it was a bull's horns for the pin, but really you knew Roosh was going to win. And why do you job Silver out? Why don't you give him more of a knockdown drag out affair? It did look in this match like Roosh was completely dominant for most of the time. That's not what you want. Not for a wrestler like John Silver, who I'm more interested in than Rouge. I'm kind of interested in Rouge. But with the rumours about Andrade, 
wanting to leave, that's your, you know, that that's your faction gone, isn't it, really? If he goes, I don't know. I just feel that, um, that I'm, I'm less interested in Rouge. I don't want to see John Silver jobbed out like that. He's a much better character. Have a look, AEW. And, and Rampage was okay this week, but some of it just wasn't that good. Some of it just seems so old school and so clunky. It's stuttering. And I used to really enjoy its freewheeling fun. But now, it seems like they're really trying to crank that up. And that doesn't work for me. Ta-ta.